Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This is the man in black, here to introduce this half hour of suspense. Calculated to keep you in suspense. The story begins 20 years ago. I was a young man. I traveled as a magician with a small carnival through southeastern Europe. One night we came to a village in Malo, Russia. Our cymbals sounded, our torches flickered in the spring wind, and the villagers gathered around our tents and wagons. I had taken my place in the black box outside my tent. There were holes in the box through which I could watch the crowd while the barker made his announcement. the the At this moment, at this moment, I saw her for the first time. Her young and gentle face surprised me among so many peasants. I said to myself, what a strange girl, what a beautiful child. I kept watching her. I couldn't keep my eyes away. At length, an old peasant led her in, holding her by the hand. I saw at once that she was blind. My granddaughter would like you to tell her future. Can you tell my future? Yes. Will it be a happy one, my future? Hold out your hands, I will tell you. Here. A dark mist passed over me. I felt a sudden chill. I touched her hand. I listened to the voices which foretell the future. Sorrow, sorrow, they breathe. Pain and sorrow. Fly, run. I studied the girl's face. A fear gripping my heart. Her large, sightless eyes were calm and resigned. I could not bring myself to tell her what I saw. The spirit promised you happiness. I lied to her. Your hands will touch beautiful things. Love and delight await you. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. face haunted me that night. I could not sleep. I made inquiries the next morning and found her. We walked through the hill. She did not need my hand to guide her. She knew every stone, every turn of the path. She spoke of the trees around us. She had strange names for them. I call that tree lullaby because it sings when it sways in the wind. Lullaby? And that one, see, with its branches open towards heaven. I call that 
open prayer. How do you know its branches open toward the sky? When I was younger, I climbed it. Anna. Come. I'll race you to the bed of flowers at the turn. Anna. Hurry, I run for We walked off and through the hills. I knew that she was aware of her destiny. The stars had told me she would not live long, and that agony and terror waited for her on the short journey. Our caravan remained for two weeks in the village at the end of that time. I asked Anna to come with me as my wife. You make me very happy, Shai. I could live only with you. I will love you with all my heart. And you will teach me, Shai. You will teach me to see. To, to see? Does one need eyes to see as you do? Sally, you will teach me to see beyond the horizon. You will teach me to see as you see. We were married. We rode together in the gilded wagon. The vows were taken under a clear sky. Suddenly, suddenly the sky changed. It was only then that I realized what I had done. In seeking to save her, I was fulfilling the terrible message of the stars. For it was I, Shari Barastro, who was the instrument fate had selected for her ruin. Then it came. One night, as I stood in the black box outside my tent, I knew that I needed no further word from the mists of prophecy. It was there. It had come. He, he stood among the peasants before our tent. A graceful figure, smiling, leaning on his cane, a man of the world, amazingly out of place in this faraway little village. I looked at him through the holes in my box. As I looked, I turned cold. I watched him, and I felt afraid. He was studying Anna. Never once did he stop looking at her. My temper is quick and fiery. I went up to him as he was watching Anna. Oh, how supple he was. How graceful. I seized his arm and demanded to know what he meant by staring at my wife. He removed my hand as if it were a child. I can tell you there was something terrifying in his strength. I know somebody beg your pardon for this misunderstanding. Let me introduce myself. My name is Rico Sansoni. I'm a student of the occult, traveling throughout the world in search of knowledge. Inside me, I feel that girl has remarkable psychic powers. I'd hope to be able to induce her to join me as my assistant. I'm still planning to go on the stage, but now that I know she's your wife, I apologize again for my seeming forwardness. <laughs> well, if that is the case, I... there is nothing to do but the... Accept your apology, eh, Anna? I think it is only fair. Anna? No. I have nothing to say. It was thus Rico Sansoni entered our lives. Little by little during the days that followed, he attached himself to us. He talked all of his thoughts. We listened, Anna and I, to his tales. He'd been everywhere, seen everything. He brought the world into our gilded wagon. In his presence, I always felt elated and flattered. 
Thus does a man move in the grip of his destiny. Thus do we dig with our own hands the appointed grave for our happiness. And one night, one night, Anna came to me and took my hand and told me something that made my heart grow black. Charlie, Rico Santoni has made love to me. Anna. I've done nothing wrong. I'm afraid of Rico. Anna. I tell you this so you will understand my fear. Do you want to tell me all about it now? Yes. Tell me then. Rico came to me this afternoon while I was alone. He took my hand and held it gently in his. I suspected nothing until he asked me if I loved you and how deeply I loved you. Then he asked me if I love you more than happiness or life. I took my hand from him and said, I cannot talk of love to you, even of my love for my husband. Please leave me. Rico! Come in. She has told you. Sorry, forgive me. For a moment, I, I grew weak. Let me remain your friend. I, I brought you both some flowers. I picked them myself. Will you accept them? You won't accept them? Oh, of course we will, my friend. Oh, no, how could I have doubted you? I understand. Come, we forget the entire incident. You're kind, really. You're kind. This was the third month of our friendship, and now, now I began to feel it was, it was my companionship he desired, not Anna's. We spent long hours together without Anna. Under his care, my mind was expanding, my powers developing. He seemed interested in my every move. And again, I was flattered, lured, disarmed. You have a funny way of saying the word, uh, beautiful, my friend. How did you say it? Oh, uh, beautiful. That's it. Beautiful. And, uh, you were telling me about the uh, Houdini method of restoration. Oh, yes, so I was. Be- beautiful. Hmm? Beautiful. <laughs> I like you, Charlie. I like you very much. Amazing. Amazing. I want to be drawn in by flattery, Charlie. Then one day I was sitting in my tent when a curious sense came over me. I felt a pressure on my heart as if a hand were closing around it. It was a warning. I left the tent quickly and hurried to the apartment. Anna had remained there as she frequently did in the afternoon. I found myself running toward the door. I paused, waited until I had recovered my breath. And then, forcing a smile to my lips, opened the door. I saw Rico. Rico standing with his arms around her. Her face raised to his lips. Deep, powerless. I looked at him. I heard a voice murmuring words of love. Her arms moved around his neck. And she kissed him. Then I heard his voice. Anna. Anna, my darling. my love. Anna, my darling, my beautiful darling, 
The sound of his voice. My horror seized me. Now I knew why he had spent so many hours with me, why he was so interested. It was my voice. It was Barastro talking. It was the voice that seemed to come from my own throat. Oh, I understood what had happened. I sprang forward, shouting his name. Rico! He turned and faced me. He pointed his finger at me as if he were an image in a mirror. Rico! He echoed. <laughs> down the screen. And murder was in my heart. I flew at the monster. Struggled across the room. He answered my cries with cries. Echoed each note. Each inflection of my voice. I saw him through my rage. His face was contorted like my own. His every feature had changed. He was Barastro. There were two Barastros screaming together. Tumbling over each other. me in his hands. Hands that were like steel. I could not move or cry out. His hand was on my throat. I lay gasping, crazed. And it was Barastro who was holding me. Then this horrible and familiar figure changed. It became Rico. It was Rico Santoni who spoke. The breath was leaving my body. Strangling. Dying. Yet I could hear him. Barastro! God, you're killing me. Shari. Shari, have mercy. I'm dying. His voice was faint. I felt in this moment the agonies of a hundred deaths. For as my eyes grew dark, I saw with horror the thing he had in his mind. He was pretending it was I who was killing him. And thus he would kill me and go to her as Barastro. It would be Rico Santoni would be buried. It would be Barastro who remained. For a moment, I caught a glimpse of his cold, ruthless eyes, burning out of my face as he enacted his false death groaning, pleading for mercy. And his strength drawn from the soul filled my lungs. I cried out with all my might, Anna! Anna! Knowing that by this, she would understand it would I. I who was dying. And darkness seized me. head was splitting, my throat was stiffened. I raised myself and walked. He was gone. I saw her. She was standing in a corner of the room, crouched against the wall, her hand against her teeth, and staring, staring into the terrible dark around her. Anna! 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 It is, it is I, Anna. I, Shadi. Anna! Oh, God, Anna, please. Anna, Anna, darling, listen to me. Anna, give me your hand. Anna, Anna, listen, listen, did you die? Sorry, your husband, did you die? Anna, listen, listen, remember. Remember, Anna. Remember when we were kissed. That time on the hill, remember, Anna. I called you little princess, remember, Anna. Anna, what about your trees, Anna? Your trees, huh? about the trees, Anna? Lullaby, lullaby, Anna. Lullaby and the prayer. And, and the one with its branches pointing towards heaven, the one you caught. Anna, please, please. 
Honor, please. It is I, I, Honor, listen. Listen carefully, Honor. Honor. The spirit promised you happiness. Remember, Honor? Your hands will touch beautiful things. Love and delight await you. Sorry. Oh, my darling. My honor, my soul. Sorry, hold me, sorry, dear. Yes, my darling. Hold me, there, dear, my heart is all right. All right. Thank you. Rico had disappeared. We laid our plan. As soon as she was able to walk, we abandoned the carnival. We were inseparable. She could not bear to have me away for even one moment. I understood, I understood everything I told you, even the trembling, the trembling that would cease us sometimes when I took her hand. It was I alone, I alone he could not deceive. To anyone else, he could become Barastro, even to her. To her whose senses had learned every breath, every inflection of the man she loved. To her he had been Barastro. So the man. Our life had become again almost like a honeymoon. Almost, I say, for there were nights when I would wake to find her fingers tracing the contours of my face. Then it was I pretended to be ill and remained at her side. We said nothing, but we knew the shadow in each other's mind. Everything went smoothly, though, until one evening when I entered the cabaret where I performed, feeling unusually disturbed. It was winter. I was removing my coat. When it came, it came again. I had known it would, the warning, the hand closing over my heart. I ran from the place and raced home. I entered our cottage where the back door was quietly like a thief, and I stood listening. From inside, I could hear her voice. Anna, my dear Anna, how I love you. He was back. He was back. One does not reason in the midst of a nightmare. Yet terror can wake the mind to a clairvoyance, an understanding beyond thought. I stood motionless, silent, listening. The light was turned out. I heard her laugh. Laugh like a child in the dark. And this sound killed me. Yes, one is dead forever when happiness is torn from the heart. I wanted to rush into the room. I wanted to shout, Anna, Anna, don't touch him. He's Rico. But instead, I slipped quickly from the house. I walked in the cold streets. My thoughts returned. I had acted out of one clear impulse through the terror and agony of those moments. And I heard her take him in her arms. There had remained a certainty above everything else. I must save her. Then I knew I'd acted wisely. Had I rushed into the room, had I made a noise, she would have died. She would have known in that moment, as I stood listening to him, that he had been there before. That he had been there before. That he had crept through our defenses. 
And that shadow creep. We had not known. I thought of them together as I walked. And then I thought again. I had always to rush back to speak of him. Yes, and destroy her. I kept on walking. And as I walked, I began to understand him. Yes, I was dealing with a monster. He would manage to leave her as he must have done to Orton before, a few moments before I was due to return from the cabaret. And if I sensed something was wrong, he would rely on my love for her to keep this sense a secret. He knew me well. He understood that I would allow my heart to be eaten away with grief. And I would not make a sign, lest I destroy all my love more than myself. It was I who must be careful. Not he. <laughs> he knew me. He gambled on me. I determined to kill him the first moment I saw him alone. Then I began to think of his superhuman strength and that he might kill me as he had at first intended. And that he would go on living with her as Barastro. She would never know I was dead. She would continue to love me in his arms. To press her kisses upon my murder. Until... And this was the thought that contained in it the fullest measure of horror. The thought of that moment when she would see him. And not me. <laughs> Do you understand the grief of that night? Yes, it is fortunate I cannot remember it all. I returned home at the time, at the time Rico wanted me to. I wasn't careful about my coming. I trusted him, do you understand? I trusted him. The thought of his evil, he would spare her as I spared her out of my love. I entered the bedroom. I opened the door and walked in. She was alone. Anna? Anna, dear? Tonight's tale of Suspense. 